0: Welcome to NanaTings. Hey everyone, it's Antonio from Nonatings. Uh, before we get into this episode, I just want to say thank you for listening to these important episodes and series of Mental Health Year. I'm really trying to break down the stigma and not make it such just a mental health day in October. I really just want to talk about it daily, especially with what I'm going through right now. I just got diagnosed with general anxiety disorder, so I want to be able to talk to other people and not just anxiety about all different things that's going on. But while I get into these episodes, I just want to mention a few free anxiety attack helplines and resources that are available. Um, There's one National Alliance on Mental Illness Helpline, it's 1-800-950-6264. They are available Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. This organization provides free information and referral to treatment programs, support groups and educational programs. Then you have National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, it's 1-800-273-8255. If severe anxiety is causing you to experience suicidal thoughts, don't hesitate to call this free 24-hour crisis intervention hotline. Counselors can help you ease your anxiety and get you to a clear headspace you need to seek help. There's also a Spanish-speaking hotline. It's 1-888-628-9454. Hard of hearing is 1-800-799-4889. Veterans, 1-800-273-8255. Then we have Substance Abuse and Mental Health Service Administration Helpline, 1-800-662-4357. And it's if you're not in danger of harming yourself or others, but you're ready to seek medical care for your anxiety, this organization helps you locate services that can help you find a mental health facility near you. Then we have Boys Town National Hotline, 1-800-448-3000. Anxiety in teenagers are becoming more common. As they face and you know pressures with schoolwork and preparation and you know just growing up, so this is a, an organization that helps uh, teenagers and parents, and the hotline is twenty four seven and it's a free crisis intervention service. So I will be putting these in the bio every episode. Uh, f- please feel free to reach out and don't be afraid to ask for help. And uh, yeah, stay tuned for more episodes. Thank you. Hey everyone. So I wanna start a new sort of series with my podcast and it's me called Mental Health Year. So I know October 10th, we celebrate a mental health day and you know sometimes we'll have different awareness for weeks such like September is um, talking about bullying and, and we have these different months and times, but I really believe that it's time that we end the stigma of mental health. So through this series, I just hope that I inspire people to talk about what they're going through and, and you know, maybe help someone uh, go to therapy. I mean, I, I am a big believer, uh, a lot of therapists will tell you this too, that you can't force someone to get help, right? They, they have to be able to decide that for themselves and, and you have to be ready for it. I know for me, it took me years to even realize that this overwhelming feeling that I've always felt was anxiety and now I'm finally taking the step forward to get help. But I have a really awesome guest today. Uh, originally, what was planned was I was going to do a Mental Health Day Awareness episode and have like three friends on it. But this conversation with my friend Elena was so amazing. And I, I, I just think she needs her own episode with me. Um, and I'll have more coming. But I, I want to share my story of of empathy and feeling overwhelmed from that and triggering my anxiety to my anxiety giving me catastrophic thinking and, and all these overwhelming feelings that I always have and, and writing as a way to get out of it and also any kind of art to be honest art for me sort of gets me out of my um, anxiety headspace I should say so um yeah let's get on to it this is my amazing amazing friend Elena that I met when I said you in Italy when I was 19 and I hope you enjoy the ride and I hope these conversations really, really help you. Bye. Hey guys, it's Antonio Ranzo here with Anna Ting. So a special episode for Mental Health Day on October 10th while making it Mental Health Month. um, is my best friend from Italy actually, well, from America, but met her through Rome. Um, Elena, hashtag lay, what up?
1: (laughs) Hey, Tony.
0: (laughs) Hey. Um, I miss you. I miss you so, so much, much. <laughs> like way too much. Uh, my air sign sister,
1: yes, Aquarius,
0: Aquarius baby, Libra season right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so let's actually dive into how we met each other. Um, yeah, what was this, circa 2011? Yes um in Rome studying abroad we were at Bambino's
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know I can't believe it's been 10 years almost
0: yeah wow um oh my god wait yeah next summer is our 10th anniversary of meeting (laughs)
1: yeah
0: I've known you for a fucking decade girl I
1: know it's crazy
0: (laughs) um I really did love meeting in Italy though I remember it was like so wasn't it the first day we did like an excursion and like you and I just like made a joke like walking upstairs or something and you and I just survived ever since then.
1: Yeah, I remember like I wanted to go out that night. I was so excited to see the city. So I had asked my friends at the time, oh, do you guys want to go out tonight? They were like, no, I think I'm going to go to bed. And I was like, oh, that's not going to work for me. It's my first night in Italy. I need to go out. (laughs) And then, yeah, yeah, I went up to you and I was like, are you, you know, you want to go out tonight? You were like, yeah, let's do it. And we just clicked and bonded ever since.
0: Honestly, yeah, your energy really feeds me. And every time, like, you know, sometimes we'll go almost a year without seeing each other, you know, life. Like, yeah, and we live, we live not far, far, but like, you know, far enough where you just, you get caught up in your life. But every time I see you, you have this, like, amazing energy that, like, feeds me. Always. Thank you.
1: You do too, for me as well. (laughs)
0: Oh, I love you. Oh, my God. So the nights of being drunk on Fontana, di trevi to take a class together. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Learning about art and history, museums. And that was the first time I ever left the country. And it was an amazing experience, especially to meet somebody like you there. And it was incredible. It was it was amazing memories that I have from Italy
0: forever. Literally same. Did you know that you were there when I realized I was gay? <laughs>
1: of course I do. I, I was literally, <laughs> I was there for the transformation of you from, you know, Antonio to Tony Nana. Like you literally, you found yourself. <laughs> it's amazing what a place can, can do for you. And
0: honestly, I remember being in company with you and we're playing like ball, keep up the ball. Like two. <laughs> remember that? It two Italian guys. Yes. <laughs> and I remember staring at one of them and you're like, "D, are you okay?" like I'm spaced out staring at this guy's package. Yeah. And we go on the bus together back to Rome and I'm like, "Oh my god, I think I like guys."
1: <laughs> yeah, I remember that. It was so liberating just to see you like transform into yourself. And I think I did too. I think we both kind of found um, a connection to our true self there. It was, it was amazing.
0: I agree. You're a boss ass bitch. I I, I know. It really started the transition for both of us. Um, You know, we're it's cool because we were babies. You know, like you were 18, I was 19, right? And like, it's so cool to be aware at that young age to really sort of come into your own after that.
1: Yeah, it happened right away. And then that night, the first night we went out, and we were having that conversation on a red couch in a crowded bar upstairs, just you and me. And we both kind of had this moment of like just being liberated and realizing things that we were holding onto in the past. And we both were just like making a commitment to ourselves. Let's start fresh from here on out. And I think that was the beginning of it for you and me.
0: <laughs> oh, I agree. I'll never forget that conversation. Yeah. And I bonded over some like family shit. Yeah. And um, I truly appreciate that because knowing having someone that understands your background is truly amazing it is. in friendship.
1: It is. I love you. <laughs> I love you. Aww.
0: And one thing that we share, um, is, I I mean, I posted up, uh, yesterday to talk about anxiety, um, anxiety. And I love how you're so open to discuss this. So, um, a part of this mental health, um, uh, episode that I'm having, like, tell me more about like, what do you go through? What are some coping mechanisms and has help ever helped you like therapy and such?
1: Where to start <laughs>
0: Right. Um, right. <laughs> to
1: unpack anxiety is something that you cannot do in 10, 15, 20 minutes, like, because yep. it is a lifetime process of learning that you even struggle with it, right? Because a lot of times we try to bury it so deep. So mm-hmm you know, learning that you struggle with it, then learning how to cope with it, learning your triggers. Um, It's a process. It's a process. But yeah, to just give a little background about me and my experience with it. um, It started, I would say about 10 years ago. And I went through several experiences at the same time that were I guess, traumatic for me looking back. Um, My mom was really sick and not doing well during a time when I was supposed to be going to college. And, you know, that exciting time starting new, I felt really guilty that I couldn't be there to take care of her when I was away at college. Um, And that's kind of how it started. I had a few other experiences as well. Um, You know, I could get into however much you want me to. But... um, it's been it's been a long journey since then. It's been a long ten years since
0: then. <laughs> yeah. Um, so speaking about anxiety, so you know, there's different levels of it. I personally suffer from catastrophic thinking, where I think of the worst in a situation. Mm-hmm. Do, do you ever like what? What is your brain process? Do you have anxiety where? you are thinking like the worst case scenario or is it more just like on eggshell kind of anxiousness? Like what, what what does that that go through? Yeah. Yeah. So
1: it's actually neither of those, which I find really interesting because I think, yeah, I think when people think, Oh, you have anxiety, they assume that you're kind of like, socially anxious, you know, and there's Damn. so much more to it to that. So I have a panic disorder. Um where I will be completely fine. I'm having a chill day. Everything's great. And then all of a sudden Something triggers me um, and I go into a complete panic attack where, you know, my hands get numb, I'm tingling, my heart is racing, I can't breathe, I'm sweating, I black out. Um, So I've had several, I've had a lot of those experiences, um, especially when it first started happening a lot. I know there was one time when I was actually driving on the expressway and I had a panic attack and I almost... I mean, I, I like geared off to the side of the road and, um, I almost got into an accident and it was so scary, but to have those experiences, um, it's not always what people think, you know, like there's so many different types of anxiety out there, but that's kind of what I deal with. Yeah.
0: Wow. So I was talking to my therapist about that. Um, I, I, you know, I, I I don't, I'm not meaning any offense when I say this, but I'm very lucky that my anxiety is just, um, you know, self-sabotage thinking and catastrophic because I can't even imagine being in a situation where God forbid you, you panic. Yeah. Like, that. like I have a family member, um, and I, I love this family member so, so much, but they, they same thing. Like they were on a trip and, and one day something triggered them, not even like a comment, just like, I think a thought or something. Mm-hmm. And they went into full complete shock mode that they literally had to fly back to New oh, wow. York the same day. Yeah. Wow. Um, so I, my heart goes out to anyone that suffers with that. And so how do you, how do you cope with that? Like in that moment when you're like blacking out and, and going, mm-hmm. you know, you know, you're just seeing like tunnel vision and, and these thoughts, do you, do you cope with yourself or do you tell yourself to calm down? Or is there breathing exercises? Like what what is that process? Yeah,
1: so um, as of right now, I do cope with it myself because it has been so many years where I've learned what I need to do. And I also know when I'm getting there. I can, I can okay. feel it coming on right away. So I know – what to do for myself before it gets to that point. But in in the beginning, you know, 10 years ago, when it first happened, I went to the hospital because I had no idea what was going on. And I really thought that I was like dying, (laughs) you know? I mean, people always say that, but I really did. And I had no idea what was going on. Now, I am able to, you know, do breathing exercises. I communicate with people who support me. So I'll reach out to friends who have similar experiences or who know what I need. Um, I make sure I'm in a safe environment. Um, I have like, you know, emergency medication that I haven't had to take in about seven years, but knowing, yeah, knowing that it's there, you know, God forbid I need to, it's there. Um, but it's mostly just, taking a minute and doing my breathing exercises for me, slowing down my heart rate um, and realizing what it is that's triggering me and slowly getting myself out of that situation and into a situation where I feel safe and comforted.
0: Uh, You have so much strength. You know how much willpower that is to be so self-aware and be able to get out of it. Yeah,
1: it takes years to to realize. Um, I remember I had a bad experience last year when I went to Greece um, which is so weird because you and I were just talking about how we met in Italy and we were there yeah. for what, like two months for the summer and I yeah. never experienced anything like this. And I think it's because I was so young. Um, mm-hmm. and I think when you, the older you get, the more aware you become of things and the more experiences you have some good, some bad, But, um, yeah, so last year when I was in Greece, I had an experience like this. We were in the middle of, like, this mountain. There was no cell phone service. The hotel was completely deserted. And I just felt like I was going to have, like, a panic attack. And it just started right away. And I was just like, I need to sit down. I need to start breathing. Um, We ended up taking a drive out of that area, going somewhere else where I felt safe. And, yeah, just working through it it's really hard and surrounding yourself with people who understand or who are willing to learn about it.
0: Yeah. I I love that you brought up um, the younger age thing. I think when we're younger, like in Italy, like not only are we drunk every day, which does um, not help anxiety at all. Oh my God, I'm about to get into the <laughs> that. Or I, I literally, safe environment, everything you're saying is something I've been going through weekly with therapy. So I love that you brought Always. it up. But a quick thing about being young, is like, we don't know who we are fully. Like we, you and I blossomed after that trip. But like, I started to figure out that I was gay. You know, I was losing weight. I was doing this. I think in that college realm, it's like, okay, we're going to party. We're going to fuck. We're going to do this. There's so many ways to numb yourself mm-hmm. or escape and not realize that you actually have anxiety. Yes. Like I'm realizing I've had it since childhood. Yes. Um, That's amazing. And yeah. And the, the thing about liquor um, and alcohol, like, so I love that you also said a safe space. You had to take a drive out of that situation to come down in Greece. I'm learning that for me, sometimes when I drink specifically vodka, right? Like, oh my gosh, wine, same, sulcers. same. I, yes. I stopped
1: drinking vodka two years ago.
0: Because, okay, so then you could definitely get yes. on this. So I literally talked to my therapist today, and I talked about that when I drink tequila, wine, champagne, and seltzers, I can control and I'm coherent that, say, with my boyfriend right now, we get into a bigger minute. I know that we should talk when we're sober the next day or just, like, be quiet and don't get into a fight. When I'm on vodka, my self-sabotage comes out. I start thinking he's going to fuck me over. He's like taking sides. He's doing this. And then I start going off and being like, don't be my boyfriend. Don't do this because I start getting so paranoid. And I'm learning that I need to create a safe environment when I'm drinking, like have the right drinks that I want, be around the right people, be in a safe realm. Yeah. And I was
1: going to say, I think that even a safe environment doesn't even mean where you are. It's really who you're with. Um, And I think there's just some people that, you know, you and me, we're all about energy. And there's just some people that yes. your energy does not make me feel safe, does not make me feel comforted. And um, I mean, I i stay away from alcohol now more because of the fact that it definitely brings out anxiety symptoms. You know, it makes my heart race. It makes you feel disoriented. And those are not good things for anxiety. Um, so yeah, uh, so in general, um, I'm just not a big drinker, you know, but I know. I used to drink a lot more back in the day in my younger years.
0: Oh, um, yeah, but we know. <laughs> now,
1: like, not so much. Um, not so much, but I think you're totally right. It's all about finding people that you feel safe with.
0: Yeah, you know, my thing is like, I've never realized that a certain kind of liquor would make you become a bitch. Like, every time I drink vodka, I don't know why my anxiety comes Mm -hmm. out. It's honestly insane to think about. But it's I'm, I just discovered this today, actually. So I'm so happy you and I are talking about this, because now I'm learning the kind of drunks I am <laughs> and what I don't want to be like, why am I sabotaging myself soberly when I know when I get drunk a few hours later, I'm going to yeah. be not the Antonio that everyone yeah, loves, and you, you know, or yeah, and I you love. have to
1: dig deep for that. You have to dig deep for that. And be like, why am I turning into this person? Because that means that that person is in there at some point, you know, during the day and it just doesn't come exactly. out. So, um, it's definitely a part of growing up a part of maturing. Cause we all have things from our past that, you know, kind of come out to haunt us. Um, and I think maybe that's just the time that it comes out for you when when you got your vacas.
0: <laughs> I think that was what I was talking to my therapist and he was saying like, so my kind of anxiety that I go through is like, I just sometimes are, is in my head, like say I have a text and someone's like, we need to talk. Right away, I'm thinking they want to either like yell at me, fight me, fire me, whatever. And it's just like saying, hey, what's up? Um, and things like that. So with me, I think, when I'm sober and conscious, I, I have enough coping mechanisms that I've learned to tell myself mm-hmm. to be quiet. I know to tell myself, this is your self-sabotage coming out. This is not who you are. And then it's silent. When you're drunk, since you're such in a, a realm of off balance, it, the tr- there's no filter. So your self-sabotage will come out, whether that's you having your panic attacks or that's me thinking that the world's mm-hmm. against me. It's these little anxiety insecurities that when you think about that little trigger word or that trigger thought set mm-hmm. you off. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I have so many other things that really started triggering my anxiety, even just talking about those experiences like you know, 10 years ago, whenever it all started, aside from what I was going through with my family, I went through an experience where I was, you know, I was drugged to say to say to keep it simply. Yes, yes. And um somebody yeah. gave me something that was you know, a drug pretty much. I didn't know I was consuming it, obviously. And, um, I was in the hospital for about a week for it. So,
0: I yeah, it and was that scary. was
1: really scary. But just going back to the environment factor, I started taking myself out of any environment that could put me in that situation, even though I felt like I had control. Um, it's just scary when you don't know people when you don't trust people so that has been hard for me how can I you know how can I be around people anymore when something like that happened um so I stopped wanting to hang out with people who I didn't know I stopped wanting to um party and things like that because it wasn't a scene that I wanted to be in anymore um yeah and just working through it it's so hard
0: You have such amazing strength, though. I I really hope that whoever listens, um, you know, we inspire them because, you know, I had to take, I had to do a lot of digging to even realize when I'm drunk, what the fuck is going on with me? And that's hard when you're drunk, you're usually not coherent or you're not conscious enough. Um, And then you too, like you you have the bravery to know when an environment is not safe for you. That is such Mm -hmm. a self-control.
1: Just how you feel, like maybe it is completely safe, but we, our anxiety is our reality And that's what people need to realize is that it's not something that you're making up. It's not you being dramatic. It's not you being annoying. It is a reality for people. Um, And for I don't know about for you, but for me, at times, it's really debilitating. It's to the point where it interferes with my with my life. Um, I don't know. Is that the case for you?
0: So mine is not even the anxiety what really interferes with my life is as I become older and I open up the realm of empathy the more empathetic I am the more I feel energies. So for me it's like I could go to a party and there is toxic energy in the room or there is just like overstimulation I can't be there. And it's like so weird to explain because a lot of my friends don't understand this and they're like what's wrong with you know D and I'm like I I I can't be here right now because my body's shutting down like I don't even I I go from social (laughs) to quiet. Um, And then I get, and then my anxiety pops up. So when I get that low, my inner sabotage just jumps out and it's like, you're feeling like this because that person in the corner thinks you're fat or that, or like, they don't like you. So then I even get lower on my self-esteem scale. Well, that's what I was going to say.
1: So is it because like, you can't deal with like, what are people thinking about me? Because that's what, it seems like you're saying, like, I can't deal with if people are accepting me or not.
0: Yes. So I think it's a combination. I'm like, fuck that. You don't
1: like me. bye.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah. So I wish, so I have moments. So when my anxiety is in control, I'm like, you know, you have that kind of night where you're looking sexy. I'm drinking champagne. I feel like a bad bitch. I'll if, if I walk into a party with that mentality, I'm fine, but I'm also controlling my empathy. If I go into a place where I'm overstimulated, like say I go into a house on fire Island, right. A very intimidated Island where there's a lot of sexy gay men, this and that. And I am staying at a house, right? Which has actually happened to me before Labor Day weekend. I got mm-hmm. invited to a house to stay for free for five nights. This guy was so sweet. I met. I get there, and there's like 10 intimidating guys. Right away, I'm overstimulated because when I walked in, though, they're all making dinner, everyone's in a Speedo drinking. So, right away, when you come in sober and chill and relax, and I'm in like sweatpants, I'm like, right away i'm like wait, wait wait, like you know you get thrown into a party you know you're like you're overstimulated so when i go trying to try and figure out why i feel that way then my anxiety comes yeah. out then i start thinking wow these guys think who the fuck is this guy showing but up But that right? also Staying just seems like and-
1: you I'm sorry to interrupt but that just also seems like you yeah. are maybe just growing maturing and you're finding yourself in situations that maybe you used to enjoy and that you don't enjoy anymore and i feel like that's totally normal
0: I agree with you. I think I'm learning that, you know, this party queen is sort of retiring. Like, Leah, can I have my moments of drinking? Yeah, but like, honestly, there's more to life than just being fucked up. You know, a majority of my late teen years and early adulthood was only based on making money and and drinking. I think I'm at a point in my life where I just want to have deep conversations with humans like we're doing Mm -hmm. right now, chill with my boyfriend and make art. Oh,
1: boyfriend. (laughs) I love that. I was actually going to bring up that point um, because I feel like my... Anxiety has also, you know, been so much better because of my boyfriend. And I, yes. I hate to say that somebody else is the reason for my progress, because you'd like to think that you do it all on your own, right? But the truth is, is yep. that it takes a village, you know. And anyone who knows somebody with anxiety or is friends with someone knows that it affects everybody. But, um, luckily, you know, my boyfriend's very calm. He's very chill. He I don't think he's ever experienced anxiety in his life. So we're opposites in that sense. But he's also very safe. He's a safe space for me. He's very um, level headed, and all those things. And he's re- also really open to hearing me out. And when I need help, like when I'm going through an anxious moment, Um, He's the first person to say, you know, tell me what I need to do. So it's also just being able to articulate what we need. And to be able to tell our friends, family, you know, boyfriends, whoever that we need A, B and C from you to make us feel better.
0: Yeah, um, same. So obviously my boyfriend has his moments. He actually has a little bit of anxiety too. When we talk about this, but him understanding where I come from, he is my safe zone too. He's always down. Like if we're at somewhere and like I'm not feeling the vibe, he's like, babe, whatever you want. Like I have no problem going home watching a movie with you. And like knowing that I have that backup when he sees that I'm being right. really stimulated by something is so Isn't fucking it? amazing. And also when he's drunk, he's so coherent. <laughs> so I know he's always going to be level-headed if I'm feeling, yeah. you know, more dramatic about something because I'm not thinking, clearly, yeah. you know, um, it's, I don't know. Yeah. I'm in the same way, Elena. Like I, I feel like, um, I don't want to give credit to someone else, but to be honest, it's like you said, you know it, it's a village and also we're on we're on the surf to help each other right So humans help yeah. humans and with that being said, friends and partners and parents or whoever it is are, are we're, they're, they're' they're here to help and we're here absolutely
1: to help them, you know? I totally agree. I remember when we first started dating, I had a really bad. Panic attack about something. I don't even remember what it was, and he started freaking out because he hadn't seen me go through that before. And seeing him freak out made me freak out more. <laughs> and I had to tell him, okay, listen, when this is happening to me, I need you not to freak out. I need you to. I'm gonna be okay, but I need you to say this. I need you to, you know, hold my hand. I need you to do this. I need you to take me there. Like whatever um so it's also like being patient with those around us you know it took us all these years to understand ourselves we need to be patient with other people to understand us too
0: and we're still working on it you know it's a fucking journey it's a journey for sure but hey life is worth learning i i want to die still learning about myself i don't want to be 50 and know the whole thing you know like the point of life is to keep growing and it keeps life absolutely
1: i agree agree
0: yeah Well, this you're amazing. So, uh, we're gonna play uh, a quick game actually before we end. So, I do who? Yeah, who or what would you want to be for 24 hours? I I have not premeditated any of this. I'm literally gonna go off my head knowing you. Okay, wait. Um, The question is
1: who or what would I want to be?
0: Yeah, would you rather be for 24 hours? So, I'm gonna give you. Oh, okay. Okay.
1: Let's do it. Okay, uh, are you
0: ready? Okay. Would you rather be for twenty-four hours a bottle of limoncello or di <laughs>
1: <laughs> Okay, for anybody who doesn't know, <laughs> Tony drank Di Sorbono in Italy for for two oh months straight. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, I hope you know my answer to that.
0: Um, I would hope it's you, get out of
1: here. I'm Limoncello all the way.
0: Okay, I knew you yes. weren't in cello, but okay, fine. My, mine would be put uh, on an am a classy bitch.
1: He, yeah.
0: Thank you were <laughs> cla- bougie you know? <laughs> <laughs> Um, Would you rather be our tour guide, Carmela, from <laughs> Napoli or Zio Franco, the tour guide at Rome? <laughs> oh
1: my God. You have to give a background. Dio Franco, Dio Franco okay. was our, act. He, he was nuts, he watched us on the trip, he, he, he did, he us. did, you know what, okay, do you want me to say it, who I think I would be?
0: Well, hold on, quick background about Carmela, that's not even her name, and she was our tour guide in mm-hmm. Pompeii, but like, she would scream things in Italian, and then just walk really fast, and then Elaine and I would be in the back being like, Hysterical. what the fuck just happened, and it was like a and it was 108 degrees because we were there during Santa Croce yeah. when the sun from the Sahara <laughs> desert hits literally right above Naples and Rome. Um, so we were dying.
1: Okay, my answer to that <laughs> is I would be Zio Franco.
0: Yeah, he's dope. But I, I would be Carmela. Uh, <laughs> I
1: would be Zio because you know what? He was so full of life. I'll tell you my reason. He is so full of life. This dude is like. Seventy-five years old, and he would be walking around Rome. We would go to thirty museums a day. We, you know, he would know everybody at the restaurants. He was yeah. so full of life, such a sweet, awesome man. Still keep in touch with him on Facebook, and I would love to be like that when I'm his age. Hell yeah, I don't want to be a cranky, stanky bitch like Carmela. <laughs> that's
0: true. That's true. Carmella, right. oh my god you got
1: another question for me?
0: <laughs> I have one more. I'm trying to figure out what I want it to be. Um, it has to be something in Italy again. All like right, I the love theme the theme. All right, would you rather be for 24 hours Il Colosseo or Ooh um, Tower Pisa? Are you
1: serious? You know this answer too. I would be Il Colosseo, of course. Yeah, which, Il for, yeah for it's the sure. Colosseum. So, and for anyone who doesn't know, quick backstory: me and Tony. Wanted to see the Coliseum so bad. And all of a sudden, it was like the middle of the night. It was like four o'clock in the morning, actually. And we like were so excited to see it. So we asked our cab driver, Can you not take us home and take us to the Coliseum? He was like, It's 4 a.m. Like, go yep. home. What are you saying? I was like, No, I want to tour. I want to tour the city. I had my Lizzie McGuire moment. Like, this is what freaking dreams are made of living my life. And me and Tony just look out the window and it's just the Coliseum, like, lit up so magical like I can't even put it into words I just like started crying I was like this is freaking gorgeous and the taxi driver gave us a tour of Italy like well not Italy but Rome for like 30 minutes it was awesome it was the best night yeah
0: literally um, he he literally gave us a whole tour of Italy it was amazing and then getting home at like 4am <laughs> and then not even yeah. we got home 4 a. <laughs> and we had class at 7 or 8 I was yeah. dying Um, Oh, I love that. So, before we end off, though, what is do you have any last statements to give to the listeners about anything Um, we talked about today? Just
1: you know, in general, no matter no matter what you're experiencing, whether it's anxiety or any other sort of mental health, um, you know, depression, OCD, whatever it is you're going through, um, take it one day at a time. You know, there's people out there to help. Everyone's doing their best, especially during these times. Like these times are freaking crazy right now and um, yeah. everyone's doing their best and that's all you can do. So I just wish good things for everybody.
0: <laughs> uh, I love you so I much. I love you, Le, D. And you're such a beautiful human and I hope Thank to you, see sugar. you soon. And I'm going to text you right after we end this call just to go over everything <laughs> and how amazing you are. But for now, I will end this call and, and we'll air it out next week. And um, I love you too. Love you so Thanks for having me. Bye. And of course. Bye, babe. Talk to you later on Nana Tings.